Welcome back to Living Courageously Exposed, hosted by Inside Out Adventures and yours truly, Jennifer J. Saunders. My friends call me Jay. This week, welcome to part two of our interview with Debbie Evans. And we're excited to have you back, and we're just going to get right back into it. So with that, Debbie, it's on to you. Let me uh, tell you a little bit about the Four Sisters, because we bought the building, and it was set up for retail downstairs. But one of the great blessings of buying that building and of taking that step to call the lady and say, hey, could you work a deal with me? I don't have anything to offer. I can make payments. Uh, was that it had a little makeshift apartment upstairs. Ah, yes. And that was that was really awesome because I had been divorced and I needed I needed something like this that I could live and work there. That was so ideal. Right. I could live where I, where I'd work. I could come downstairs after my kids went to bed and do something. I could be there when they get home from school. Right. So as a parent, it worked really well to be able to have my job where I lived. However, the building itself uh, upstairs was in kind of disrepair. So it's like, it, it's it an was, old building. It was, it's an old building, and the apartment wasn't uh, wasn't that great. the 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 roof leaked, and I had <laughs> I bought it in winter, so I didn't know. Right. But then when spring came, and everything so, started, so thawing, did the rains. Uh, yeah, it was a problem, right. and. And uh, it was it was a hard winter. Like it was that was a winter that um, I, I I remember I was trying to make the shift into owning a, a retail business. I had these two little kids who missed their dad, and I was trying to navigate all of these different things. And and, and how, I keep having the question: How old were you at the time? Uh, I was I turned thirty that okay. year. So okay. Okay. I, I was about I was yeah, right around thirty and. Uh, we spent a lot of time together. I look back and have bittersweet memories about that winter because we lived in a pretty unsavory situation. Sure. We lived above the shop. I didn't want really anyone to go up there because I didn't want them to see where we were living. Sure. The, the outside of the shop looked pretty nice. The, I mean, the, the retail part. But upstairs where we had moved into was really just a room with a little bathroom. And, uh, you know, the windows were even boarded up. Like mm. they would, they'd been broken. The windows right. were in, in in bad shape, and so uh, my kids and I, we read a lot of books together that winter. Like I'd close up the store at five, and we just spent time together. We didn't have anything, and so that was a, one of the the times in life that I look back and I think, man, our living situation wasn't that great. We had a little, you know, five little tiny fridge that we could barely fit a gallon of milk in, and maybe a few yogurt. But the feeling of that year when we could just snuggle in bed and read uh, books was something that I, I still treasure because that time can't be replicated. Right. The, and, and so um, a situation that may have looked awful from the outside actually turned out to be something that is kind of tender to me now looking sure. back. But spring came... And with it, the snow melted and uh, rain would just, there. I mean, the roof was leaking everywhere. And we would have buckets <laughs> all over. And I woke up one morning and uh, rain was just coming in everywhere. And I just felt sick about it. I didn't know what to do. We had at least 25 buckets catching oh we're <laughs> catching water everywhere now, up there. Now, I can tell you I know the space of this little apartment that she's that she's talking about and um 
25 buckets in, in this little space would take up almost the whole space. It was a lot. It was it a was, lot. That's a lot. <laughs> well, so it was about this time that a lady came in. So we'd been open, I don't know, six or eight months or so. And uh, we had this lady come in. And, and she says nothing to me. She's just walking around the door. She's got a little container in her hands. And I was like, hey, can I help you? And at first she didn't, she's like, oh, no. And then I was like, are you sure there's nothing I can help you with? And she's like, okay, <laughs> can I just talk to you for a few minutes? And I was like, sure. sure. She's like, I don't want this to sound weird, but the other day I just had this thought come into my mind. And the thought was, God loves Debbie Evans. And I didn't even know who Debbie Evans was. Like, I was all trying to think who, and then all of a sudden it came to my mind who that was. And uh, she's like, I don't, I don't really know your circumstance, but I have, I have a little money that I wanted to give you. I just feel like, actually, it's not really my money. God, God wants you to have this money. Right. And she handed me this ice cream container, or this little, uh, this little container that it had. She's like, I'm so sorry, it's all in ones. <laughs> I got it for my birthday, and I'm just passing it on. So she gave me this little uh, container full of $301 bills. Wow. And I was super perplexed about this because I was like, man, I kind of feel like like I don't need it. Like, I've been in need before. And right. And I don't, I don't really feel like, like my, my bills are paid right now. And, like, I just felt a little stumped. So I just put it on the, on the counter. Back and then maybe someone else needs it, and I'll just pass it on. Well, it was the next morning when I woke up, and the rain is all coming through, and I look, and it's dripping right on my son's head. <laughs> like, and, and the overwhelming feeling came to me like, oh, you need that money. Like, it's, you, you're not supposed to live like this. It's right. time to turn this space into a living space right. for your family. You're going to be here a little while, and you need to put some money into this. And so... Uh, I had that $300, which isn't a lot to renovate something. Right. But I also had $500 in my bank. So I now had $800. So I was like, all right. Well, and buckets are cheap. <laughs> yeah. What can I do to fix this situation? Right. And so it's raining like crazy outside. And uh, a few doors down, I noticed my insurance guy that I had just purchased insurance from not so long ago. And he's down there. And so I... I say, you know, I go talk to him, and uh, I go and I say, you know, man, my roof is totally leaking. Is that something that is covered by insurance? And he says, uh, not generally. Let me come down and have a look, though. And so he comes down and and uh, comes into the building and walks up the stairs into the apartment, and I, I don't think he was prepared for what he saw. Right. He saw two little boys laying on a bed, reading a book, and buckets of water just filling up everywhere. And he was there for only a minute. He said, um, we're going to take care of this for you. He said, I want you to get a bid. I want you to find out what it'll cost to get that roof fixed, and we'll fix it for you. Mm. What a blessing. That, like, like, what a blessing. And it was, um, it ended up, it was like, I remember $12,000 to put a new roof on. Wow. And uh, he said, okay, we're going to pay that 12000 And it looks like uh, you're going to 
need to repair the sheetrock in here. Definitely need that. We're going to give you an extra $2,500. Uh, let's get that done. And so we wrote out the check. I paid the, the roof guy. They came and they fixed the roof. And I had enough money left over to buy kitchen counters and put windows. I was saying, tell me about the windows. Please put tell windows. me there was, that's awesome. And so when spring came, it was like a whole new age dawned for us mm. because we'd been locked up in that uh, boarded up room all winter. And even though it has tender memories, it was not the best ideal living circumstances. Right. And so with the dawn of good weather came a beautiful gift and that was the gift of light light in in our life and in our apartment and it just felt like after a year of divorce and trying to work out the business thing and all that stuff it felt like a reprieve like awesome i've done all this hard work and now fate has stepped in to help me with all the things that i can't do right and within um well, within another day or so, I went to Home Depot, I was to Lowe's. I went to Lowe's because I needed a fridge. We just had this little <laughs> tiny fridge. I need a fridge and a stove. And I remember so clearly, I call them God winks. Like right. when God himself is like winking at you, like <laughs> I hooked you up. Those like, are great that, moments. This is how I felt. And I, I felt that way when the insurance guy came down and I was like, uh, yeah, we're going to take care of this for you. I also felt that way the next day when I went to Lowe's and I wandered through the little aisle and I was like, right, I have been settling, settling, settling for years. What fridge would I want in my apartment? Right. If I could pick any fridge, what would I want? If I could pick any stove, which stove would I want? And I wandered up in the, down the aisles and I just gifted myself the, the ability to dream. Like if, even though I only have $800 in the bank, what would I get if it wasn't a question? And so I picked out a stainless steel fridge that I really liked and a flat top stove. Mm -hmm. I thought these are the ones I want. And it totaled up to be about $1,700. So I didn't have enough. Well, I came around the corner and this, I swear you're going to think I'm making this up. I'm not making this up. I came around the corner <laughs> by, the, by the carpet and they had right there the very fridge that I had wanted and it had been returned that morning and it was marked half off. Well, well yeah, you're, yeah, you totally are yeah. making this up. Like no. that stuff doesn't happen. Yeah. It was awesome. And so I was like, oh my gosh. So I went around to find the guy to say, hey, I want that fridge. And right next to it was the very stove that I had chosen it had fallen, something had fallen on it, and it had a little dent in the top, half off. And I walked out with both appliances for $800. Now, things like that... <laughs> this happens, folks. Like, this is a real story. I have a whole life of experiences like that. Because when you step into the unknown, I think God or the universe or whatever you want to call it steps in to help you out with the details. It just happens time and again. For that me. that actually is one of my very favorite quotes and I read it again this morning as I was reading through a book and, and I don't remember who said it exactly. I can see it on the page but that very thing like when we commit like when we have a dream and we commit to that dream and we like you said you gift yourself the ability to dream and then like and you start taking the steps providence steps in 
and starts putting things in place far greater than we would ever even oh, imagine. Totally. Better than and we can dream up. This yeah. is this is one of the things again that I say I I have a, a bit of a crush on when it comes to Debbie because she's able to give examples over and over. Like I've seen this in her life and it's a beautiful thing. And I, I love that you're sharing that with us because I, it's one thing I hope that people will take away from this conversation is that just like you said, you allow yourself to dream and then you trust that Providence source, whatever you guys want to call it, will step in and things start to happen, happen oh, and fall I, in place. I think yeah, the, the gift of dreaming is a God-given gift. And so when we allow ourselves to dream and to think, oh, that'd be possible, things start working out to make that dream come true. I, I cannot, I, like I have hundreds of those examples of things that are like, wow, really? Right. That's... So let me ask you this question, kind of on the other end of the scale. Have you had those moments where um, you dream and like you know it can come true and yet, you know, let's do the... The devil and the angel on one side, and we've got, we're dreaming, and but you've got the devil in your ear on the other side. Have you had those moments where some of that stuff maybe hasn't come to fruition? And if so, like, what what's your experience that way? Like, how do you work oh, your way gosh. through that? Sure. I mean, I'm, I'm, uh, I have things that haven't worked out. But for me, I think, I think going back to that same stage of life, when I first got divorced, and I was like, I had to take responsibility for my finances, for what I want to do. It was not long after that that I watched the movie called The Secret. Oh, it was just secret. coming yes. out. <laughs> and do you know what? It was revolutionary for me. Yes. Like, it maybe has some, some concepts that people think are trite now. But for me at that time, it was like, whoa. Yeah. <sighs> Mic drop. Really? <laughs> I get to be in charge like, I, I remember sitting at my desk because I was designing something and the, the sunlight was coming in. I was listening to this and I was like, oh my gosh. I love the concept. If you like this music, put more of it in your life. If you don't like this, get rid of it. And designing your own life, that was something that was revolutionary to me because I don't believe that I had intentionally made very many choices up until that point in my life. Right. And the idea that I could create the life that I wanted was awesome to me. And so I thought, well, what life do I want? I better start writing it down. I better start to say, you know, what does it look like if I had my perfect ideal life? What would it look like? How much money would I make a month? Where, what kind of work would I be doing? What right. kind of time would I spend with my family? Like I, and I would write it down. Did that come yeah. easily to you, having, having believed before that you didn't design your life, that it just kind of happened to you? Did that come easily? Uh, Did not, it take some time? Not at time? first. Like, because I think it was, it was a muscle that I've developed, and I'm really good at it now. Like, yeah. Yes, she is, I'm folks. good at it now, but <laughs> it wasn't always that way. Like, I didn't even know what I liked. Right. Because I, I think most of like, our people out there... I don't there... even know what, what I want or what right. I like. I don't know. And so I started with magazines. Mm. Do I like that couch? Do I like that dresser? Do I like... What do I like? What don't I like? Like, let me get to know myself here. And so I would just thumb through magazines and... and, and oh, I like that. Oh, I like that font. Oh, I like those shoes. I like... And... And like meet myself for the first time like what is it that Debbie Evans likes like what is it and and it started with the simplest things because before I can ever dream about the life I want what foods do I like like let right. me let me let me like boil it right down to the basics and so I was starting with bare bones like but it is something that I think 
is totally a muscle and it develops. And when you give your, yourself the opportunity to dream and not just look around, well, this is what I have, what do you want? Right. Or what would you like to do? What would be fun? If I could design my own life, what would it look like? Well, and, and that anyone can do this. Like it doesn't matter what circumstances you come from, how amazing or how horrific your childhood may have been or, or where you're at, anyone can dream and they can learn to do that at any point in their life. I, I, I think so. I think some people have a harder time I, I agree. with it. And I do think that some people don't gift themselves the permission to dream. Right. And so I think if they have the ability to give themselves the, you know, let me dream it up. You know, it might not happen. But for me, most of the fun in a project is the dreaming it up part. I love that part. And that's the part that makes my soul feel alive. And that's the part that time and again, I'm like, ooh, I want, you know what, maybe this idea won't, I, maybe I won't be doing it in a year or five years, but right now, it makes me feel alive to dream about doing it. And so I give myself permission to dream about it. And over the years, I've tried lots of different dreams, and I failed lots of different times. And I don't regret a single one of them. Like, they're all part of the developing that dream muscle and right. learning and finding what I like. So, so you just mentioned that you've tried lots of dreams and you've failed lots of times. I know that in, in our conversations together that there are some people, and this, this goes for other people who have an appearance of success or you know they're making money or they're living their dreams. People look at them and, and will say, oh my gosh, you, you're just like, you have the Midas touch and everything turns to gold and just like everything goes your way. But you just said that you have had failures and lots of them. So do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Oh gosh. Yeah, like how, how do you pick yourself back up at the end of the day or after you've fallen down? Well, that's a good question. I, uh, I remember I was at a dinner party one night and this girl said to me, we don't all have a dreamy life like you, Deb. Like everything just works out for you. <laughs> and I thought, oh, that's huh. one, awesome that she thinks I have a dreamy life. And two, she does not know all the backstories because... Uh, I failed lots of times. Just last year, like the other day I was thinking, oh my gosh, I tried three big things last year and they all failed. <laughs> like, I got the idea, I was like, I have this vector art business, I've run an internet business for a while, and I thought, you know, I'd love to sell frames to these, these customers. I have a lot okay. of ideas that I'd like to do with frames. So I took my kids on a trip to China and I went and visited some factories and I got some samples made and I came back and I launched them and I hadn't like maybe filled out everything I should have. And so I put a lot of money on into it to get it right. all done. I launched it out and I made $10,000, which sounds awesome. Except I was going to have a $30,000 bill to get them all made. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, all right. Yeah, you do the math. <laughs> uh, we're going to be canning that, you know, like it, it, it's not, it's not working out. And then I was like, oh, I got this idea for this subscription site. And I was like, can it all work down? I spent a lot of hours, a lot of time, a lot of money on it. And then it totally bombed. And I had another thing, just totally bomb. And you know what? It's okay, because I also got the idea to do an escape room. And you know what? It's, it's turned out great. It's turned out better than I could have thought coming out. And so I think, uh, and I mean, this is just one year. I've, I've tried lots and lots of different things because I, I enjoy, when I say I enjoy the dreaming process, I'm not 
exaggerating. Like that right. is the fun part for me. The fun part is getting up and getting it going. And uh, sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't. But those failures are one, almost just as fun because the dreaming process is still very much alive and keeps my soul going. Right. But I also learn from them. All right, well, how could I have been a better leader in that? How could I have been a better business partner? How could I have been a better boss? Or how could I have launched this better? And every single time I fail, that whole failing forward, failing right. often, it's, it's, it's okay. Because statistically, the more I'm trying... Even if I fail more, I also succeed more. Right. So even if one in four succeed, <laughs> uh, I think that's just fine because I'm trying out more things. And the whole process, it's just a big process of deciding what do I love in life? Oh, let me try this. Let me try that. Oh, well, I didn't really love that or I didn't really love that. And it's just kind of feels like maybe a game I get to play. Mm-hmm. And I feel really fortunate that I'm in a position that I can play that game. Let me Let me try things with this because... Uh, that whole process is, I think, how you get to know yourself a little bit better. Right. So the the question just came to me: if if someone is listening to us who who like is willing to get out there and fail, but they're at that like zero point, because you just said, you know, I'm, I'm grateful I'm in a place like that. I ha- I have the ability to do this. Um, what if someone's at zero and they're failing? Like how? What were those moments like for you when you were at zero? Like how did you keep yourself going forward? I think that's almost the easiest time okay. to fail because you don't have anything to lose. <laughs> like, honestly, like, uh, I've, I mean, I've done it lots of times of like, all right, I put my mind and put my resources into it and I, I'm committed and I'm there. And if it doesn't work out, I'm a little bit trouble. But it does always work out, even if that thing isn't what ends up working out it leads you to the next next thing thing that will work out and so uh people think oh you know what i don't have any money to go and put it into that or you know i'm working full time i just don't have the the time to be able to put it but part of the beauty of taking the risk you really don't have anything to lose if you're starting with nothing like there is nowhere to go but up so you may as well give it your all or if you feel like I mean, naturally, you need to be slightly responsible and not gamble <laughs> right. it all away. Right. Uh, but um, I think that there is so much value in the experience of learning how to do it. It's like paying to go to college, I think. If, if I'm paying to work out an experience or to start something to launch it, for me, that's an education. And so I'm paying that money. And if it works out, awesome. And if it doesn't, I have learned something super valuable. Right. So, so a quick question on like, um, I know a lot of people, uh, and maybe you have experienced this and maybe you haven't, um, is when we have what, you know, quote unquote, a failure or something doesn't work out the way we think that it should, or we want it to, um, that, that ugly monster of the voices in our head of other people, how, how did you like, be solid enough with who you are to stave off like what other people think so that you can just say, well, those are your opinions. This is, this is my dream and I'm going to keep going. How did, how did you, how did you move forward with that? Because I would, I would guess you probably had naysayers or people who were like, what the, what are you doing there? (laughs) Well, not long after I bought this building, I, uh, I had actually went along every owner of every empty building along this street. And I, I called them and said, Hey, you're building for sale. 
And there was a building, the, the Virginia Theater. Right. Uh, empty theater. And uh, I called them, tracked them down. And uh, the guy, the, was a guy in Pocatello. It had been boarded up for a, about 10 or 12 years, oh, I think. Okay, a long time. And uh, he said, yeah, come on down and uh, get the keys and have a look at it. And so I went and got the keys and went in and had this look at this old movie theater. I thought, I don't even know what I'm going to do with this. <laughs> like, but it's property, and you know, like, there's a whole, let me buy some properties up, got to, you know, work that out. And so um, I've been reading these negotiating books and stuff, and so I called him up. I said, you know, what do you want in for that theater? And he said, ah, oh, gosh, you know, how about $16,000? We'll, uh, we'll get, you know, we'll, we'll get rid of it for that. That's kind of the price. We just put a new roof on it, and we're just kind of ready to get rid of it. I was like, 16000 That is, like, cheap. But this is my thinking. This is a lesson that I'll never forget. So I'm like, well, I'm going to call him up and offer him 10. So I call him up and I say, all right, <laughs> uh, how about, you know, it's got some things. How about 10000 I'll I'll pay you 10000 for it. And he said, <laughs> this is the young, I didn't know what I was doing person. He said, I didn't throw 16000 out there as a number to start the negotiating with. If that's what you'd like to pay for it, you could buy it. Well, there you go. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you. And I feel really sheepish. You know? <laughs> but Thank I, you for that lesson. <laughs> okay, I didn't have $16,000. Right. So uh, this was right about the time when I'm living in the, uh, the apartment with rain dripping everywhere. I didn't have any money. And so I, uh, I called my sister. I said, man, I've got this opportunity to buy this building for $16,000. And she said, well, you know... I have an American Express that has a $20,000 limit on it with a 0% for the next two years. So why don't you put it on there? Wow. So I bought the movie theater on a credit card for 0%. Okay. Okay, so this then gave me two years. And I worked a deal with her. I said, hey, I'll pay you uh, a certain amount of interest. And so she, it was a deal for her because you need, she needed to have something that was in it for her too. So she was loaning it to me, her good credit, and I was going to pay the difference in the end. And so uh, I had two years to work out what I was going to do with this theater. And I didn't know what I was going to do. And I bought it in like March. And uh, I remember... <laughs> thinking, what have I got myself into? I just don't even know. Like, I had two young kids. I just opened a flower shop. I hadn't even converted it to signs yet. I was, like, in the, the depths of newness there. And I have this this uh, movie theater. So I was getting ready to take a floral delivery out one afternoon. And this group of kids showed up to my flower shop. And they said, hey, we heard that you bought the Virginia Theater. I wonder if we could go look at, like, it's been boarded up our whole childhood. We're the drama club from the high school. Oh, can, wow. <laughs> we, can we just go in and check it out? I said, sure. So I walked them down there, and I let them have the keys, and we went in, and they were they were oohing and aahing about the possibilities of it. I said, hey, I, I got to run, take this uh, floral delivery, but I'll be back in about an hour. Yeah, give and, yourself uh, permission to dream. <laughs> yeah, oh, my gosh. So they, they were in there, and I came back, and an hour afterwards, like, it is still it this was one of those experiences that I think wow an army of angels could have 
showed up and it wouldn't have been more miraculous to mm -hmm. me than this moment when uh, Clayton Fielding, who was the president of the drama club says, all right, we've got a plan. So we've got shifts lined out for the next uh, <laughs> six weeks. We'll have people show up every night. You can tell us what you need to do and, and we'll help you. We're going to help you get this thing open. Wow. And all, and all summer, that whole summer I had, he arranged all sorts of different clubs in the high school. To now, come let's, just call, let's just let everybody know, like, again, this is not a big city. This is Shelley, Idaho. <laughs> Population. 5,000. 5,000. little. And miracles are happening. Oh, my gosh. It was totally. So it was right about this time, like, they decided to throw a car wash as a fundraiser because, like, they were, they were all committed to helping me get this thing open. And uh, they threw a fundraiser and... I remember being in Arctic Circle one night when I overheard this couple laughing. I heard a lady bought the Virginia Theater. That is the most ridiculous thing I have <laughs> ever heard. She, I mean, she even, she's new to town. She does not even know what she's gotten into. And they were openly mocking me. And right. they didn't know I was right behind them in line. Like, right. they didn't know. And I thought, they don't know. They don't, they don't have any vision. They've only seen it as it ever is. And they don't know what it can be. And uh, a couple months went by. We're getting close. But there came a couple problems I didn't know how to solve. I bought this theater. I had all this help show up. We got everything almost done, except we got to the part where we needed to put the bathrooms in. Mm. And the water lines had frozen before I had purchased it, and they were all broken. It was oh, wow. going to be rather spendy to fix it, and I didn't I didn't know how to, what to do. And uh, right about this time, I had a lady walk into my store one night, and uh, in my flower shop, and she said, "Man, I don't I don't mean to button your business or anything. I know you're redoing the Virginia Theater. I've always wanted to do the theater, but I've never." never been able to like make it happen in my like I never I didn't know how I could get it remodeled and up and working but you're like almost there would you consider selling it just like that like <laughs> she came to me right at the point in the project when I'm like I don't I've done as far as I can like I don't know how to fix the water and she says I love theater I would love to buy it, it from you this is my passion yeah and so she bought the theater from me and so so uh, you took this building and and dusted it off a little bit, had some help, took it to a point where someone else could then see a different vision with it. Yeah. And like, like, I mean, we, we, we did some big things to it. We fixed the marquee up. We got it all right. going. We put new heaters in the basement. We pulled out all the chairs, took out all the bad ones, refinished the floor, put them back in. So you did in. a lot of work. Uh, what they were raising money for when they did it was to put, people in Shelly could buy a ceiling tile. They were, we put in a decorative okay. ceiling. The ceiling had had, before they fixed the roof, it had had some problems. And so we put in a beautiful decorative ceiling and some big curtain. I mean, we made it look good, but then we had these big problems of like, uh, the water <laughs> things that I was like man that is I can dream and I can work things out but I don't have any idea how to fix that and then this lady shows up and uh, what was cool was uh, we struck a deal uh, for a hundred and ten thousand dollars so wow. she's like, you know she's like hey um, 
can you carry the contract for me? Like she's using the very same thing that I did. And I was like, you bet, you know, that would, that would be all right. And so we struck a deal that she was going to buy it for 110,000. And, and so I was, I was going to do all right after Like I'd put probably 30,000 or into it or so, but I, I mean, I was still going to make like 55 or $60,000 on it. And I was like, Oh my goodness. I just hit the lottery. <laughs> like, and I felt, wow. And, uh, and, she, and time went, a couple months went by, like they got into the theater and they, and she opened the, the theater thing and, and uh, made it into a community theater right off. Well, I still owed my sister that money, right. which then became a problem because if I was carrying the contract, I was just going to be getting little payments and I didn't have a bulk sum to pay off my sister. Right. And that deadline was coming closer and closer and I was feeling a little ill about it. And, uh, I called her up and I said, you know, I don't think I can carry the contract. I, I owe on it still, and I have a little bit of bills from what I've put into it. I can't carry it. And uh, so she looked to find other financing, and she wasn't having any luck. Mm -hmm. No luck. And uh, about three months into it, like, I was I was not feeling very, you know, I was like, oh, this is great for her. I'm, I've got myself in this position where I can't pay off my sister, and I need to, and I need to. What do I do? So you're starting to feel some angst. I'm totally and some, like, like, what oh, yeah. the crap am like, I? Okay, so like, like, uh, like realness is set in I, here. Uh, like, I was waking up at like three in the morning, feeling okay. sick about it. Like, I look back now and I think, oh, I couldn't, I could. It was, it was a big deal for me though at that time. Like, sure. I, I owe my sister twenty thousand dollars. How do I pay that off? The deadline's coming, and uh, I woke up one morning. And I'd been feeling sick about it for like six weeks. It'd been a little while of like, That's I, don't a long time. I don't know what to do about this. And uh, I had an idea. I woke up and I was like, the first thought I had was I remembered when that lady came in the store and said, the Lord loves Debbie Evans. Except it was, it was reversed for me. And, and the thought came into my mind, he loves her too. Right. Like the lady who bought this. And right. Uh, he's, and the, I, the, the thought in my mind was I need to sell it for 70000 Oh, okay. And so I, fe I felt so full of like, that is the right thing. Like, yes. I called her up. I said, hey, I got a plan. I said, oh, I'm going to drop the, the price $40,000 because you need a payment you can afford. And... I want tickets to every show you do for the next 12 years. So it's how you work the deal. Yeah, we worked this deal. I'd like the piano back. You can get this. And we worked a deal. And by the end of the week, she had financing for that. Wow. And was able to then cash me out where I could pay my sister. I could furnish that little apartment that I had just renovated. Not fancy, but I had was able to pay off the remainder de debts from my marriage. Right. And it was at that point that I could then start a fresh new life. Like I had kind of waded through that whole ceiling with the rain and kind of trying to work out the theater thing. And it was at that moment then I could pay off those debts that I had been carrying up through the marriage and through the divorce and stuff. And I could then have a little bit of breathing space to then move on. And it worked well for her too. 12 years later, she still is running that theater. I was going to say, they're still doing shows in the theater. Yeah. I know people who perform there. Yeah, I've gone and watched it. them and it's a beautiful place. Like, and, Yeah. And it, so that deal worked out great for me 
and it worked out great for her. And that's the kind of deal that I think makes makes it go around for everybody. Like it wasn't me like, oh no, I'm sticking to my 110 because that's what we talked about. Right. And I don't want to, you know, it was me being open to the idea. Well, of, and oh my gosh, she needs something too. Right. And, and we can work something out together. And it worked out well for both of us. And you made it about people and not about dollars. Which it, it I, totally, like when I was filled with whatever that, whatever that feeling was, yes. Like I totally want to gift her what I've had here at this building myself. Right. Give her a payment she can afford, something she, you know, she got divorced right about that same time. Gotcha. She was in the exact same situation as I was. And it put her able to, to provide for her family with something she could afford. It gave me the opportunity to pay off the, the previous part of my life and move forward. And it just worked out. But that wouldn't have happened had I not called that guy in Pocatello and said, hey, I'd like to buy that building. Right. And so it was, it was just kind of one thing led to another, led to another, and then it worked out well for both of us. The whole story awesome. is just like really yummy. Like I just want to like get in and, and have more of it. And I know you have other stories like this in your life, but um, going back to like being in Arctic Circle and hearing people like, like openly discounting your choices and what kind of doubt did that give you or did it give you doubt? And like, how did you, how did you like step past that? I don't, I don't think it, there's a, I have read a quote before that says, I don't think it's any of your business what other people think of you. One of my faves. Yeah. I, I think that's really true. Like for me, it doesn't matter what they think. Like if I have felt that excitement in my heart about it, I don't even care what they think because I just kind of, think, well, they do not have the vision I do. Right. And so I can kind of put it back on them like, well, that's just where they are. That's a reflection of how they think. That's a reflection of the possibilities they see. I don't, I don't think it has anything to do with me. And, and if anything, it fuels to, um, I'll show you. Right. Like, <laughs> There's probably really, a lot of us out there who feel that way. Like yes. It just feels like, well, awesome. Check back with me in a year. It's going to be great. And right. So. Okay. So let's, let's take that into a little bit of a different direction and say the theater hadn't turned out the way that it had turned out. And, and you still have these thoughts, you know, um, you've heard these people say these things. What, what would you say to someone who maybe let's, let's call it a quote unquote failure. How, in your opinion, would someone overcome that? Well, I think if you look at it as an educational experience, like I said, I failed a lot of times. I've tried a lot of different business. I've tried a lot of different things and some of them do fail. And if I look at it as well, what did I learn from that? Right. What did I take away from that? What was beneficial and use it to my betterment? It actually doesn't matter to me what anybody else thinks. And it doesn't matter to me if they said, I told you so. Like, right. I don't even care. Like whatever they think about it has nothing. It doesn't, it doesn't even bother me because I, I, I guess I'm turned inward because I'm all about what I think about it. Not what I'm not, I'm not concerned if they don't think it's a good idea, because if I feel it in my heart, I'm a feeler. And if I feel like it's something I want to do, I will either do it and fail, or I will spend years wishing I would have done it. And right. so I much prefer trying it out and failing rather than thinking, what if I would have tried that? I think you just said the key right there is that if I've done something and I quote unquote fail, I look at it like, okay, what did I learn? What could I do different? What could I, and I at least tried. Whereas maybe those people standing in line haven't done anything but be the critic. And so you just said that, like, if I, if I don't do it, it's going to nag at me oh, totally. until I do. Yeah. And so who, who gives a flying boop? What? Yeah, it doesn't matter. Like, you try it, and if it fails, 
who cares? Like, really, it feels like, who cares? Yeah, like, moving on. Yeah, like, all right, well, next, I'm one step closer to succeeding at the next thing I do. Like, I've learned, okay, I don't want to buy a theater again. It was a lot of work to do this and that. Or maybe I should check out the water pipes in a building before I, like, <laughs> right. there's things I can learn from the experience. But I, I don't know that I've had any experiences where I think, man, I really regret trying that. You know, even I'll, I can put it right out there. Like I bought a building, two buildings in 2008 because I was like, all right, I bought this building. I bought the theater. It turned out really good. It was 2008. Everything was booming. Right. And I bought two commercial buildings down in Blackfoot. Same thing. Owners carried the contracts. Like I just was like, well, this method works. Let me try it out. So I bought two more. And uh, six months later, the economy crashed. Mm. Everything went down the tube well I had these two buildings and I struggled along with them to keep renters in there to you know things and at 10 years later I just gave one of those buildings back to the owner like just barely six months ago so you've was, been hanging on to this building for 10 had, years we've had it and we've made payments on it we've had renters and it's kind of just been floating along it hasn't been a, a big money hole but it hasn't been a money maker it's right. just been a thing there right and uh i've made payments to this lady at the, all this time but the uh i i kind of had to cut my losses and think sure. blackfoot is never going to be booming right well <laughs> and, and so i would imagine I mean, maybe it was one of those things that even though you weren't paying attention to it you were paying attention to it like energy that you could be putting somewhere else it was just something that was that maybe was a good idea at the time and i learned from but then I, I couldn't have foreseen that the economy right. was going to crash and that something that I was willing to pay this much now only became worth this much. And so I, uh, in the end of rather than trying to let me refinance it, let me find this, right. let me just give you back your building and you've got it all nice and remodeled Then you have a, a good renter in there. Like, and, and instead of beating myself up over that think, Oh, well that didn't turn out how I hoped, <laughs> but I'm thankful that I can be in a place in life where even if it turns out poorly, I can still go on. Like, yeah. and, uh, and I think finding the gratitude in that is a much better way to go than beating myself up. Or I should never have bought that building. Right. I should have known the economy was going to, you know, like. Right, because you know, what good is that going to do yeah. us in, in trying to create the next adventure? And then it's not going to build no, that it's, confidence. it's totally it's life-sucking gonna... if you yeah. focus on that. And you think, oh, well, shoot, okay, that could have ended up a little bit better in, instead of how it ended. But... All right, well, let me take from that and go to the next thing. And, and I think if you do that, it, it doesn't really matter what other people say. If you can get to the point where you're in this for fun, like we're going to try this out and we're going to learn from it. And that's what that's the experience. The whole whether it succeeds or fails was wait to see. But I really want to try this. Right. And my soul feels alive when I work on it. So that's how I know that's where I'm supposed to be. And then I think whatever anyone else says kind of falls away. I love that. When you talk about when your soul feels alive, like I, that's something that I go off of a lot. And people are like, what the heck are you doing? I'm like, I just, I can't explain to you. It's just something that I feel strongly about, even if I don't know how to do it at all. Totally, and I take yeah. like these podcasts, for example, <laughs> this is something that I felt really strongly about. And I wanted to hear people's stories and share these with with those who, you know, will, will listen, whether it's five people or 10 people, or we're able to build a, you know, a whole gathering of who knows how many. Um, but I know that if I hadn't have done it, 
that it would have sit there still and eat me up until I do. So I like that. You just fill it in your soul and you, and you go for it. And oh, so if you're totally. listening, like pay attention to that stuff, what, what you're feeling inside you. And no matter how scared you are or how much you think you know or don't know, go for it. Absolutely. Because you're going to find the ways. Absolutely. And if nobody ever listens to the podcast and it doesn't go and you've tried it for six months and you're like, oh my gosh, that was a fun thing to have tried. And think of all the fun stories you'll have heard in the process. Absolutely. And the growth that you'll have. See, that's when it all falls apart where it doesn't matter what other people think because you're like, oh my gosh, that was a great experience for me and I learned so much from it. And you'll be able to take what you learned and go to your next project and it's going to be Absolutely. even better because of the things you learned on this one. Yes. Well, and for me, it's about like, you know, it's another opportunity to connect with amazing people and to connect amazing people with more amazing people. And for me, like you said, if, if by chance this doesn't work out because I am of the mindset that the next steps are going to be shown to me and the, the people who are going to be really great, whether they're everyday people or they're, you know, high profile people are going to be, they're going to find their way to me. Yeah. And um, my life will be blessed just even by hearing the stories and, and hopefully that those who listen are too. Oh, totally. Yeah. Um, just kind of as a wrap up, what, what other experiences or things do you feel are important for people who are, who may be in a space where, you know, they don't, they don't have the innate, I'm going to call it innate, because I do think it's something that comes innate to you, even though you've had the trials and the struggles and to overcome the fear and the paralyzation. People who really struggle with that, what, what words would you give them? Hmm. You know, I'm going to give you a little background story, kind of unrelated. Okay. I've got a friend. I'm going to sit back. I've got a friend who super cute, super fit, and people look at her and she's like, and I've heard it so many times. I have such a high metabolism. Like you can eat whatever you want. You can do And I think to myself, oh my gosh. <laughs> I hang out with this friend all the time. She watches what she eats. She's careful what she eats. She's up at 5.30 going running. And then someone just looks in on her life and says, you've got a high metabolism. Right. And I think, oh my gosh, that is not the case at all. But that's kind of how people think about dreaming sometimes. Oh, some people, you have that innate ability. You have that, you, you can dream. It doesn't come that way to everybody. But it is something you can practice no matter, no matter where you're starting. But I think if you feel paralyzed, I felt paralyzed a number of times because I don't have a problem with jumping into the project. But sometimes once I'm in, right. I'm like, whoa, right. whoa, the details that, that would be me as well. are big. How <laughs> am I going to work this out? Like, great, I've got this theater. How am I going to renovate it? Like, I did not even have $10. Like, what in the world was I thinking? But it's at those paralyzed moments that I, I find two things happen. Um, first... If you write out the very next thing you can think you should do, like just write, make a little list. What are the things I need to do to come closer to fulfilling this project? What is one step today I could take? And on those days when I'm feeling paralyzed, like there's too many details, there's too much to take in, I don't know how I can do all of this. On those days, I just take the next little step. And sometimes it's really little. Sometimes I think, oh my goodness, that is such a little step. But it doesn't matter. That, the act of doing that one little thing, no matter how little, making a phone call or checking to get a bid on something, like just no matter how little, that little step 
will create create the motion for the next step. Right. And so when you take that first, when you're laying there thinking, I'm just paralyzed by the enormity of this project, or I don't know what to do next, start writing it out and then commit to taking one step, no matter how little that day and every day, take one step a little bit closer to the big overall dream. And it's just like eating that elephant one bite at a time. <laughs> like really, that one little step will lead to the next little step, which leads to a pretty good little skip, which leads to a jump. When, before you know it, it's happened. And sometimes it takes months. And right. sometimes it's it can throw you in a funk because you have such big things to do. But if you break them down and do what you can do that day, I don't, I don't think... God or the universe expects you to do everything all at once. Right. I think if you do what you can do that day, that's enough. And then the next day, do what you can do that day, and they'll work with that. Maybe the time, time is a little bit slower than you'd like, or than it could be. But if you do what you can do that day, I think that's always enough. I love it. Cool. So... Um, before we, I've written down a few things that, that I think are key for people to remember uh, in our conversations. Um, anything else before I, before I list these out that you, that you want to share with people? I think if you take away the, the stress and anxiety of a new project and focus on the fun and excitement mm -hmm. of a new project mm -hmm. and foster that instead of feeding the fear or the anxiety... And, and, and visualize yourself having accomplished it. Maybe you even start backwards and think, what would, this is where I want to be. What step would I go backwards and kind of work backwards to where you are so then you know how to move forward. But I think you should be careful never to lose the feeling and the vision of what you want to do. Right. And, and to spend time, to gift yourself time to enjoy the feeling that it creates in you when you think about that dream, when you think about opening that escape room. How does it feel when you see customers coming through and having a good time and laughing with their friends? How's that feel? And when you're stuck in the, per the paralysis of, gosh, I have to find a, a sheet rocker today and you, I don't even know where to look, if you can remember that feeling you felt of how it's going to feel to have those customers go through and laughing and having a good time, that will carry you through so many of those hard right. things. And so visualizing isn't something that should be overlooked. Like go back to it often and give yourself time, not just to meditate and quiet your mind, but give your heart the opportunity to feel like, what's it going to feel like when that's done? What's it going to feel like when I've set up my business and it's operating without me and I can look in and enjoy the business and I've, and I can see the machine that I've created. How's that going to feel? And so on those days when it does feel like this is too heavy, <laughs> right? you can recall those feelings and those feelings will keep you going. I love it. I love it. I love that you talk about having, you know, keeping it fun. That's one thing that we, we tell people that we do is we teach them how to have fun again or sometimes for the first time. Um, again, fun seems to be the, the theme of the day. I was listening to something else about training and um a professional runner and he said if it's not fun then it's not worth doing you know just because you're, then you're dragging yourself through something that just is painful and makes it more hard and the effort is just 
So I, I love that. And then just recalling the feelings, like really revelant. That's sound advice, and, and I appreciate you bringing that up. I think that's really good. Like, um, if that's not to say it's going to be all sunshine and no, butterflies. No, not like, at all. There will be days <laughs> when you think, oh my gosh, this is so hard. What have I yeah. gotten myself into? But that's okay. Like, I really think that we are much stronger than we give ourselves credit for. Well, and it's okay to know that we can do hard things. Oh, totally. And it's okay to be compassionate with ourselves if sometimes we don't feel like doing it today. Right. Like, it feels all right to give ourselves the space to be like, you know what? I'm not my best self today, but tomorrow I'm going to show up on my A game. Or to give yourself, like, you know what? This project is taking too much time. Maybe I need to focus in on what I need to do. Maybe I need to go for a run. Maybe I need to eat better. Maybe I need to call a friend and have a a good conversation so my heart is feeling full and I can return my whole self to this project. Like, there's so many variables in a project, but when we uh, take a step to to move forward to our dreams, it just feels like that's the happy part of life. Like giving ourselves the opportunity to think, well, what would I want? And then knowing that you're moving towards it, even right. if you have to go to a job, if you can think, well, what can I, what step can I take so that eventually I can swap that and I can be doing what I want to do. I, I just think there's power in the whole dreaming and feeling part of that. Right. I agree. So I don't know if you guys are like, getting an idea and like maybe you're getting that crush yourself on like the amazingness that Debbie is and that she has to offer and and the energy that she puts out in in everything that she does um so just kind of to recap what we've gone here I've taken a few little notes and you can tell me if there's more that you want to add so the first one is it's how you work the deal you know what do what is it that you're needing and what is someone else needing and Totally and important. Yeah. Working together to see what you can come up and with. It's not It's not just all about what you need will help you, but if you can find out what is it that will help them too. Right. What do they yeah, need? Yeah, bring it to the table that something that will help them too and that, that will normally make the best deal for both of you. Love it. Okay, the second one that I wrote down is, and this one I love, is gift yourself the ability to dream. Taking time to get to know you, like what it is you want, what it is you don't want, and allowing yourself the space to really visualize that and feel it, not just see it, but to feel it. Totally. And to be clear on that, like, I think it's super easy to get caught up in the things we have to do every day that we we can go months and years at a time without thinking, oh, wait, what would I like to be doing? What would I like things to look like? And, and it's been super powerful for me to look back, I, I was an avid journal keeper for years and years, and I would write, this is what I want my life to look like in three years. This right. is what I want my life to look like in five years. And and to fast forward and to read back through and see, oh my gosh, I did, I did that. that. Yeah, like that is how much money I make a month. And I do get to go to my kids' field trips, and I do get to work from home, and I can check off everything. And I think, well, did that just happen? Or did I write it down? <laughs> and everything started to work towards that. I think writing it down is pretty important. Giving yourself the gift to take a few minutes, figure out what you do want, write it down, and check back in occasionally. Yeah, yeah. solid. That one's totally solid. I love it. And the writing it down. Um, this one, get out there and fail your way to success. Hey, you said it better than I did. There you go. Um, and, and so taking those moments that like when you feel like you have quote unquote failed and fallen down to just 
recount, look back. What did you learn? What what went good? What didn't go so good? And um, stop looking at it as failure. And it's oh, just totally. another step to success. Totally, that's it, yeah. Okay, the next one. See things as they can be, not as they are. Powerful words right there. Um, the next one is, with every failure, you're one, one step closer to succeeding. And then to make it fun. Yeah. Allow yourself to have fun, to have those moments to just step back after you take the little steps and uh, just enjoy the, enjoy the process as you go along. Any final words? I just feel it's a, a beautiful gift to be alive. Mm. I feel like it really, the experiences we have and the opportunities we have, it's a beautiful world we live in. And there's so much more waiting for us than I think we give ourselves the ability to enjoy. And so pausing and taking time to figure out what we want opens a whole new part of the beautiful world for us. And we realize there's so much out there to enjoy and so much of this world is created for the blessing of our heart, I think. I think it's there for us, and we show gratitude for it when we enjoy life. So. That's awesome. Those, those are great final words, and I'm going to leave it right there. But I'm also going to extend an invitation to come and, and meet Debbie yourself. She's here for a little while, but come and see what she's created here in Shelley and visit the, say it again? Escape South State. And how about the address? It's 152 South State Street in Shelley. You can check it out at escapesouthstate.com. Awesome. I would love to um, have you come and join her and her creations here. And, you know, even if she's not here, she will be here just by essence of what she's put into this building. And you'll enjoy the experience like a hundred times over. I, I would come and do it again, except that now I know all the clues. <laughs> so um, <laughs> there, there, there's a new building, a new escape room coming. Um, what do you say a in the game? Name? A new game. Thank you. Days. So, we so soon to be here. And so you'll have some options when you come. But Debbie, thank you for sharing your time with us and sharing your heart. Thanks for sharing your experiences of like what brings you joy in this life and how you've gotten to where you're at. And and I know that those listening will uh, have great nuggets of wisdom that they can now take and, and start to use in their own lives. And I'm going to leave it right there, people, and tell you thank you as well for joining us, for for taking the amounts of time to open your hearts to the words that, that have been spoken today and just tell you and remind you that if you don't believe in yourself, no one else will. And go be great. Hey.